Physicians and hospitals cannot live without each other, but how can they live together in greater harmony? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and doctor Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is John Driscoll, President of the Chicago-based company AlterCare, a family-owned company that plans, develops, finances, and manages outpatient healthcare facilities. John and I are discussing physician-hospital relationships. John, welcome to ReachMD. It's a pleasure to be here, Bruce. Thank you very much. So tell us about AlterCare, when it started, what it focuses on, and what larger corporation you're a part of. AlterCare started in 1997, and we're part of the Alter Group, which is a privately held, family-owned real estate concern starting in 1955. So the company overall has had 50 years' experience, and the last 10 years includes healthcare real estate as well. And what's your position there? How long have you been there, and what did you do before that? I'm president of the company and started it 10 years ago with the Alter family, and prior to that, I was an architect by profession and practiced for a while and then got involved in real estate development about 20 years ago. The gentleman that I worked with at the time was a trustee of a major academic medical center here in Chicago and uh, worked on behalf of the medical center off and on for a number of years, then ended up working at the medical center as well, too, for about five years before starting AltaCare in 1997. So AltaCare consults with physicians and hospitals around working together better. How did that start if you're a real estate company? Well, the Alter family had an interest in diversifying their real estate portfolio beyond their traditional commercial and industrial office buildings. And so that's why Bill Alter met me and asked if he could start up the company back in 1997. So basically, you know, we've been an investor now for about 10 years, and we work a lot with hospitals and physicians both in what we do. Is this actually a separate focus of yours to do this kind of interphysician hospital consulting, or is it just sort of a sideline of being involved with those two groups? Our primary involvement is really investing in outpatient medical facilities around the country. So everything else that we do is really gets focused back into our primary objective, which is the investment. So tell us how this consulting role has developed over the years. When did it first start and, and how did you realize that this was going to be an important part of managing these real estate facilities? Anytime that we do an investment in a medical office building or an outpatient medical facility with a hospital, that the relationship between the hospital physician is paramount and we're always involved in those discussions when it's under consideration to develop a building like we do or to deploy medical services within the building and what value it brings to the hospital as well as it does to the physician. So those conversations that go on, which sometimes can take weeks, months, years, whatever the situation might be, we're typically involved in those discussions because of our role. So I think over time we've been able to observe and listen and act upon some of the pressures both a not-for-profit healthcare provider and a for-profit private physician practice face in the healthcare world today. So tell us about some of those issues that face those two groups, one nonprofit, one for-profit, one sort of a large one with a, a board of trustees and the other one a small one maybe made up of individuals or a small group. What are those competing pressures on those groups? Well, I think you laid it out pretty well just to set the landscape, but when you look at large institutions, they're typically more pragmatic 
and more deliberative when it comes to making decisions. It takes longer time, usually as well. If you look at it from a physician standpoint, particularly maybe somebody who's in the surgical field, they have to make the decisions very quickly if they're doing a surgical procedure, as an example. So their culture is a little bit more decisive, a little bit more definitive, as opposed to a not-for-profit institution. The other thing as well, too, is that when you're talking about private practices, it might be one physician or a group of physicians, their financial wherewithal, their structure, their presence in the community is somewhat dwarfed by a large institution that's been in the community for perhaps up to 100 years. So there are definitely different cultures and different pressures that they deal with on a day-to-day basis, but how they respond to it is also different as well. So give us a specific example, if you can, of some issue that comes up regularly where the physicians in the hospitals don't quite see things the same way and don't respond over the same time period. One situation is that the physicians want to grow their practice and they want to be able to shift with the demand and services over time, be it technological change or medical advances. And they're not well capitalized. And a lot of times what physicians will do, we'll talk with the hospital about a potential joint venture or a financial participation or some financial support in order for them to improve their medical services over time. Now, any of those types of discussions are always through ethical and legal boundaries. But nevertheless, there are those types of pressures that you will see from the physician side that they'll look towards a hospital for some support. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with John Driscoll, president of the Chicago-based company AlterCare, a family-owned company that plans, develops, finances, and manages outpatient health care facilities. John and I are discussing physician-hospital relationships, especially as they pertain to financing and building new facilities. So, John, how does the hospital's relationship to the physician affect the physician's performance? Well, I think that on one side, the hospital wants to make it user-friendly from the physician standpoint as well as the patient. So you'll see demands, and this is an old example probably, but from a surgical standpoint that perhaps all their surgical rooms were inpatient or inside the hospital over the years, and there's so much more surgical procedures that are done from an outpatient standpoint and scheduling those types of procedures conflict with the inpatient arena. So there's been a redeployment of services that the hospital can provide or facilities that the hospital can provide in order for the physician to do their services much more effectively and in a timely basis. The other pressure that comes to bear in that sort of circumstance, not only medical or technical advances, but there's economics. And if you look at it from the insurance industry, from Medicare as well, too, if there's a more cost-effective way to do a procedure and still have similar or more than likely better outcomes, the marketplace is going to drive those services into that arena. And I think that's what you've been seeing is a shift over the last 15 to 20 years, particularly, is more and more procedures are done in the outpatient arena versus the inpatient. And in addition, you're building facilities where those things can be done outside the hospital and so in those situations, are the physicians getting more of the health care dollar and the hospitals getting less? No, not necessarily, because 
the physicians that may practice in our building, over time they've been able to do more procedures and more things within their office space as opposed to going to another facility or the hospital. So if anything, I think the outpatient arena has up till now enhanced their medical services and given them greater ability to perform services they can in their own four walls as opposed to someplace else. So what are some of the current economic pressures on physicians that you see? Well, the biggest one right now is uh, the potential reduction in reimbursement. Medicare has been talking about uh, an average of 10% reduction in physician reimbursement coming the next year. And what Medicare says, the marketplace follows. So the private insurance industry may follow suit as well, too. But if you're a physician, you're looking into the future, you're in a situation where you have to provide better services, more services, greater liability associated with those services, but your reimbursement is going down. So I think what they're confronted with is the fact that they're doing more and getting paid less. And they have to find other sources of revenue in order to keep their income levels as they are today. There's a lot of pressure uh, in addition from a medical service perspective. There's additional pressures that they still have outstanding loans, as an example, for medical school and so forth. And they obviously need to make the income in order to take care of those pressures as well. So, John, how have you seen the relationship between physicians and hospital changing over the last 10 years, and where do you think it's heading? There's always been some form of tension between the two groups, and it varies from institution to institution. I think a a lot of physicians will say there's a lack of communication with hospital executives, and they may say the same as well. So I think there's those kind of pressures of mutual cooperation moving forward, and a lot of that is just uh, depending on the personalities and the people that are at a specific institution. But I think it's overlapped from two other pressures as well. One is the constant change in the profession to provide better services to our population. And that's all good, but that's a constant pressure that causes uh, potential friction from time to time between physicians and hospitals. I think the other aspect as well, too, is the continuing concern of liability. And in some states where there are no caps on financial rewards with regards to potential lawsuits for malpractice or whatever the situation might be, the insurance component of medical services is a growing concern from both the hospital and the physicians as well. If a physician isn't happy with his or her hospital, what happens next typically? Well, I think you will see some occurrences where the physician may leave that hospital and become a member of the medical staff of a competing or other hospital in the community. They may physically relocate to another part of the country where they feel it's a better location or better environment for them to practice medicine. You see that here in the state of Illinois as an example with regards to liability insurance for certain practitioners. But a growing pressure that you're seeing is there are for-profit health care providers in the marketplace that may specialize on a certain patient population such as cardiology. And you will see freestanding heart hospitals as an example around the country. What will happen there is that physicians may become partners with a well-capitalized company in order to create their own facility, and they may not refer their patients to the conventional not-for-profit hospital, but to the for-profit hospital, which they have an economic interest in. So you see some of that happening as well, too, particularly in states that do not have a CON or 
certificate of need regulation. So there are some aspects of the physician relationship where the physicians are finally saying, I've got to go on my own and do it another way. What does the future look like for physician-hospital relationships? I want to thank my guest, John Driscoll, president of the Chicago-based Alter Care Company, a family-owned company that plans, develops, finances, and manages outpatient health care facilities for talking to us about physician-hospital relationships. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, president and chief science officer of Partnership for Cures. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. And thank you for listening.